I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. This is a very special episode. So some of you may have noticed on iTunes that it now says we're part of a podcasting network. So it's called Realm or Realm.fm if you want to check out more information on that. They have a history of essentially putting what I would call audiobook like quality stories on their platform. But it's even better than that. I mean, you go and listen to the books or the stories on their podcast and they have sound effects. Some of them have multiple voice actors. It's really high production for what you're getting on a podcast level. And they reached out to us because they wanted some story-based podcasts with people sharing their stories. So what better than us sharing all our ghost stories with Realm? With that being said, I brought in somebody who works for Realm, somebody who has their own stories on Realm. Fred, welcome to the podcast. And I went over Fred's last name with him about 10 times before we jumped on. So I'm going to try it real quick it's fred greenhog no Hulk, see yeah i said hog. Hog I knew I would mess it up. beast for a different, <laughs> different story um but fred before we jump into the ghost stuff i'd love for you to tell us kind of your experience with realm uh about your podcast on realm and how that all got started for you Cool. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm hailing here from the great north of Maine, of where kind of grew up in the, the shadow of Stephen King and kind of like you know, Stephen Kingville. So that's kind of like what I grew up in. And we'll maybe talk about that a bit later when we get into the show. Uh, but as an artist, that's always what's interested me. And so to sort of do the like the five second version of like my bio, I got into what people would call old time radio dramas when I was in college was like, got the bug for it. Someone should be making this. This was 2007. Nobody really was. Um, 
And over about about 15 years later, um, I got a call from these folks at Realm. They're like, we are really interested in this kind of stuff that you do, bringing actors, sound effects, music to, and bringing, you know, sort of this elevating um, audio storytelling, making it more like a film-like experience and sound. Um, do you want to come play in our magical realm of possibility? So our kind of moniker um, to talk about Realm is sort of this portal to another world. Like that's... Uh, the kinds of stories that you find in Realm really are quite far ranging, uh, but they are stories, things that will whisk you away, get you out of the sort of day-to-day -day existence of whatever it is happening here, um, all of all of us. And yeah, and to, to some sometimes it's like you know sci-fi fantasy. That's sometimes these are thrillers. Sometimes these are you know just conversations and stories, um, things like that. Um, yeah, and so I I'm actually on our uh, internal studio team uh with the actual production of shows for realm um we put out maybe 20-ish of our own shows in any given year and then the sort of uh network side of it um of which you're now part yay welcome yay. um is now north of 100 shows uh partners uh deep so it's kind of a mighty network of of shows that are sort of connected by this uh just you know, uh, storytelling passion, uh, network. And yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun. We get to, you know, talk about interesting stories all the time, sort of see how people respond to podcasts and what kind of things you know, really connect with people and always evolving different types of storytelling. And yeah. So in addition to running all of our stuff, uh, which some of it's spooky, much of it is not, uh, I also run my own show called Undertow, which is my own uh, fiction shows set in a version of Maine that uh, people who are into like Stephen King and and uh, the the legacy of uh, that sort of flavor would find right at home. There's, you know, I grew up like in central Maine and there's a town, Simpson Falls, that's sort of this rust belt, uh, sort of a lot of the stories take place there. They're it's not a traditional podcast in the sense of it's like one long story that goes on forever. It's usually sort of mini series. Uh, so we're in our fourth season now, um, or our third will be in our fourth shortly. And so each story has like a, a story that's told over 10 episodes uh, in an interconnected world. So there's one that's more about uh, cults with portals to alternate dimensions, one that's more werewolves involved, one where there's a cursed artifact that unlocks portals to other worlds, all that sort of fun stuff. Wow, that's really cool. And you've also worked on the production side uh, in, in film too, is that right? Uh, that's kind of not really, except that I did uh, spend some time in film school. And kind of what happened was I just landed with like the the audio department. And I was okay. like, this is fun. I like running around. Uh, I was in New Orleans at the time, running around the French Quarter uh, with, with a boom mic uh, with these crazy people who get obsessed with sounds. And, and from that point forward, I... Well, I actually, I kind of realized that I had always been somewhat obsessed with sound going back to like growing up in a creaky, spooky farmhouse in Maine. Uh, and it was that sort of moment in my life in my 20s in New Orleans where I kind of started experiencing places through sound, uh, really, which is just sort of a different modality than than visually. So from that point forward, probably I started carrying around a small pocket recorder, recording weird things that creak, crunk bang, <laughs> etc. Well, you are no stranger to spooky. You talked about how you grew up in Maine and in a um, 
house that had creeks and things of that nature. Can you tell us, we love to find out, we call it the believometer, zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Oh, that's interesting. I guess I would say like a, a six or seven. I mean, I, I think I maybe may or may not have a unique take on it in the sense that like, I definitely don't believe in sort of like corporately are there ghosts floating around tortured and etc. But I absolutely believe that, you know, humans are all life is energy and energy imprints itself on places and that residue can manifest in, in ways. So, uh, a 10 or a six, depending on exactly how you define a ghost and a haunting, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. That residual energy theory is really interesting because there are, you know, really dramatic parts of life. And there's some people that may experience a high level of pain and suffering in one place over and over again. And it does kind of make you wonder, like, does something happen with that energy? Does it reside in that place? There are a lot of people that would say yes, you know, and they've done paranormal investigations where they concluded that, you know, you can go to the uh, Amityville Horror House or, yeah. you know, one of these kind of places and, and find out. So the home you grew up in, did you have paranormal experiences in that home? Absolutely. I mean, in the sense that like I uh, we moved out by the time I was about 10. So like this is all a, a child's point of view. But yeah, I, on a on a normal day, just to sort of like set up the, like the gothic horror that is sort of down East Maine generally, it's like, you know, deep, you know, long, dark, cold winters uh, at, a, at a community where power was often out. We had a wood stove, you know, I remember ice storms were cuddled around the uh, old fashioned wood cook stove uh single pane windows that rattle when the wind gets going and in, in a house that sort of moans and sags so that's just sort of default mode um and yeah and there was like uh rough stuff going on in my childhood at the time that i lived in that house and uh and an older brother who sort of enjoyed uh exposing me to sort of horror content that was a definitely not age appropriate so this was like in the early 90s in seeing like alien by the t before i was probably mm -hmm. seven and having recurring visions of the mother alien like sticking her yeah. little mouth thing at me and yeah. you know, exorcist and tremors and all that sort of stuff so like that was just sort of the general backdrop but even with all that um yeah there was a particular room in this house like the room at the top of the stairs and and in some of my work there's a few times haunted houses come up and it'll always be the sort of uh geography of how this house was laid out and the house at the, hot, at the top of the stairs just had something about it nobody liked to sleep in that room there just was something off and it was unfortunately my bedroom at some period of time and oh no there were you know kind of the the stuff that may or may not that can be explained away of like uh footsteps on the stairs and walking back and forth um but there was a particular night or, or a moment where I remember sort of waking up and coming to the window and seeing like lights and, and, and people outside when there were none. And so just, you know, that kind of garden variety, spooky haunting stuff that that felt very, very real. Garden variety. I love <laughs> No, no, so... like, you know, knives flying to the walls or anything, but definitely <laughs> like waking up with the weird noises in the middle of the night and, and finding nothing or seeing lights that were unexplainable. Yeah. So you were seeing these projections of something. What what do you believe those are? I don't know. It, it's a it was a family farmhouse, and uh, there people were buried out back. That's what was done back in the day. So, do those people wander around? Literally, I don't think that's true. But 
I don't know. Is is there like do like balls of our energy when we leave these bodies stick to the walls of a, of a structure? I that I suppose that's what I've come to think. Because I don't I don't think I was just like making it up for to because I'm a kid and I wanted to believe in ghost stories. Like I genuinely woke up in the middle of the night, go to a window and see just like glowing lights outside that sort of don't make any sense because there's nothing out there. It's the woods. Now, some people might say, was that something extraterrestrial you were seeing with the glowing lights? Yeah, it wasn't like, I don't know, extraterrestrials like fly around and stuff. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's never what I ever thought about this experience. Because uh, there's, it's funny when you say that, because there's the, the other, like when I was thinking about um, coming on tonight, the other like haunting event I have, there's a, a patch of woods called the Blackwoods uh, or Blackwoods. And there's Blackswoods Road, which is sort of a notoriously twisty and spooky road, just in general. Um, but one of my hauntings on that road, and then there's a there's like a legit ghost story for, from that road. And one of my re again real, just really really believed this experience, uh, seeing like a fire uh, on water, which like makes no sense. But like those, yeah, I, I guess those those are how I, I guess I see ghosts as like projections of of light wow. and, and, and matter. Um, but that, yeah, and that that's like a whole other zone but it, there's like a whole pattern of time in my life because we again living in down east maine which was at that i mean still pretty remote today uh but it was uh you know a good couple hour drive to a, a an area with any sort of shopping and we'd be going down this like twisty road and of course so did you know that a woman in the 1800s had her head lopped off somewhere on this road and she comes out on dark nights ha, oh ha, isn't that a cute thing to tell the kid in the, the kid being seat. you yeah yeah so uh so those are a couple yeah that area i mean it, it seems like you live like you said in a pretty rural you know kind of remote area did the rest of your family did they believe in buy into any of these things that you were seeing and experiencing i think my mom certainly did she was always i don't know we would call open to to things um but like less as of an actual skeptic, like even though uh, I might say, yeah, I know I had definitely lived in a haunted house and definitely had haunted experiences. I've always also sort of been a little bit like skeptical on supernatural things in a way that my, my mother wasn't. So she she would totally say, would have far more stories than I would and, and would report things that, you know, <laughs> maybe may or may not actually be real. Um, but <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I, now that you say that, I haven't like asked other family members, like, how did you feel about this house? Because, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I have two brothers. I, I should ask them sometime, like, what was this house as weird as you, as I remember yeah. it being? Yeah. So did your mom ever, so do you think she was like seeing actual apparitions? I don't think we were quite that haunted. I think there was there was just like yeah. I, I don't think anyone ever said they actually like saw a literal apparition. It's more like there was just sort of something about the building that yeah. There was like there was a dark energy in a room. Like no one ever slept well in that room. People that that is true. I I think if I called you with my brothers like was the room at the top of the stairs? Was there something not great going on there? They would probably say yes. Uh, we don't really have much family lore. Like we know that, uh, like our grandfather's generation had some sort of falling out related to, um, the house, but we don't, we don't really know like what was really going on there, say in the 1800s and whether there 
might have been some family history that was unsavory that no one ever wanted to sure. talk about. They may not have happened, but there was there there was so it was more yeah. So it was sort of less like okay, there was like a definable like apparition type character, and more like just we like to avoid this sort of darkness that dwells <laughs> in, general. Um, in this room yeah. and and yeah we're just we're the kind of family we're just, we're just not talk about that and pretend it doesn't exist yeah i can i can relate to that in, in my family too as my parents have gotten older i have found them to be more open about answering and mm. discussing and i have learned all kind of things that usually ends with my dad going hey but don't tell anybody about that. <laughs> you know yeah. um and you mentioned that you, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, uh, Stephen King has played a big role in that area, right? And so you're from that area and obviously you're very familiar with Stephen King. Have you ever met him or worked with him on a project? Uh, yeah, both are true. One fun story is that I uh, am old enough to have been young enough that he still would allow trick-or-treaters at his house at a period of time and of course gave out king-size candy bars. And <laughs> I had had like a zombie uh, costume which i think sci-fi channel must have existed back then they had a thing where you put like syrup on your face with oatmeal and um stephen king is like "Ooh, scary and i was like oh, stephen king's <laughs> <laughs> scary this is amazing <laughs> uh, yeah and many years later so we uh my company uh worked with audible to uh do the adaptation of lock and key joe hill's graphic mm. novel as an audio drama for audible um, this is back in 2014 and we recorded it on location in a haunted house um a a benef benevolently haunted house i will say um in a different part of maine and uh we we did get an opportunity for stephen king to cameo in that and he plays a character who slight spoiler does not survive <laughs> the show coming from the kind of background i came from very much like kind of a, a folk hero of the region really yeah. and uh yeah and and there was you know the point where i'm like can i be a creative person having come from this sort of blue collar background in rural maine um stephen king was like sort of the example that you could the influence is is hard to overstate and and just captures it and there's like this like kind of joke about how uh people think that so much of stephen king's maine is made up and it, so much of it really isn't and and so i think to the like what is like what are the hauntings in maine it's like i don't know i'm sure there are like some really really acutely haunted places in fact and but there's also sort of just a general offness to the entire state that sort of just pervades everything that uh it's just sort of a slightly haunted in general state where you know <laughs> just things are just a little bit off on any given day what was it like to work in a haunted home? What would like to be a creative making what I assume was work that involved hauntings in a haunting home? Yeah, well, so the, the house, I, I um, you know, the, I, I call it the house in East Machias, that's what it was, but I was only really there till it was 10 and then I never really lived there again. Um, the house where we recorded Lock and Key was a uh, beautiful, uh, actually a summer cottage, but it was sort of like the opposite of like traditional forms of haunting in the sense that it was like a place where so many like happy memories were that it had this like <laughs> much more of a cheery energy. And there've been kind of various reports of like trickster ghost kind of activity where uh, things sort of get moved around, put in odd locations or uh, like clothing getting moved around in ways that are like kind of cute. So it's a very sort of different vibe, but it, it, it ended up being where we recorded on location because um, we had access to it. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, there's something about buildings that have been around for a long time, have a certain energy to it. And I think this is where 
like being a sound person gets like starts to get ever so slightly woo woo in the sense of like everything is vibration and and like even what we consider matter are just you know particles that are vibrating in a certain uh, frequency and sound sort of is that like it's not something that has substance that you can actually touch it's this yeah it's a very sort of uh, abstract concept and yet it's there and it sort of pervades everything and so to me it's like when i come into a new environment and kind of like acoustically tune myself to it it just is it's sort of just like yeah it's just sort of a sort of a read of the energy of a place and kind of obviously places that have been around longer and have more experiences having inhabited them have have a different feel to them than places that are you know brand new concrete just getting the uh, last coat of paint on them. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I love the idea of happy hauntings. Like you just wake up, your laptop's open and somebody's yeah. done your taxes and you're like, oh, Carl, <laughs> is that you? Need more of that. I mean, my my house, we have, I, I we kind of blame it more on like a kind of brownie or sort of like house fairy type thing. But we have odd things where like a, a cookbook will just sort of mysteriously be open to a recipe or uh, we found uh, like half the uh, the salt shaker was like half filled with peppercorns uh, or a, um, all the mugs were like taken down off the shelf. And you're like, what are you doing? Uh, it's just sort of a, it's sort of just prankster behavior. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a fun one. I mean, that's one thing about our podcast. Sure. We 
get a lot of scary stories, but we also get stuff like that. That's kind of fun loving where it's not going to necessarily give you nightmares, but really yeah. pique your curiosity. And then we get, we've had one episode where a ghost arguably saved somebody's life. And then the end of the story <clears throat> in a very cinematic fashion, it gets revealed uh, the the mother and the son are in a restaurant and they see the ghost, a picture of the ghost when they were a human uh, on the wall. And the kid's like, hey, it's and, you know, he's talking about the ghost and the mom's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then she looks over and the whole time that she'd been told that the ghost is like a mechanic and it's like literally like Bob's auto shop. And, and there he is. Wow. Right. There. You know, that wow. kind of thing. So you just you really never know what you're going to get in hauntings. I mean, for me, like I'm not an over the top invested person in wanting to be scared all the time, that kind of thing. For me, it's more just getting to interview interesting people about interesting stories. I just I love interviewing people and this medium pun not intended has been a great <laughs> avenue for that. And now I have like this interesting carousal of friends that are just more fascinating than I think I ever deserve. You know, wow. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And, and talking about Stephen King, I mean, I think he might be one of the most prolific creators we have, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just recently finished listening on audible to the Mr. Mercedes um, series. And I, I honestly, like, I, of course I love these uh, spooky or horror books that he's written um, pet cemetery. And, you know, that was one of the ones that really got me into horror a long time ago, but man, I love his crime books. I just really have fallen in love with, with that stuff. And he, you know, a lot of times he'll use a pseudonym when he puts that out at first and then eventually he'll, you know, claim his work. But it, I don't know if there are many authors that have influenced, you know, books, audio books, TV and movies the way he has. I mean, we've really been lucky to have somebody like that in our generation. It's true. And, you know, it's just such a work ethic that is just stunning because uh, there's just nothing to it other than to just to be prolific means getting up and typing when you may not feel like it. It's <laughs> just because that's what the work looks yeah. like. I mean, you can see how people accuse Shakespeare of being like multiple people yeah. because you look at his body, he, he being Stephen King, you look at his body of work and you're like, how can one human mm -hmm. do all of this? But then you listen to it or read it and it all sounds like, like it's, he has a distinct writing style, you know, a distinct voice. So it's been really fun. Uh, once I discovered Audible and then, you know, properties like Realm, I went from being somebody who would casually read a couple books a year to now I've listened to like, 300 books all right it's um it's funny because you know going from uh sort of the pre-podcast era it's just made just made things so much just so yeah access has just improved so much like i do like i never used to what i do now which i don't know we call it audio fiction scripted audio fiction audio drama whatever you want to call it but like the what you would call radio drama like the first thing well, there was Peter and the Wolf, which I, which was something that I listened to as a kid. Uh, and there was like NPR put out a Star Wars, a version of Star Wars, which was a release of the flip book. And so I, I had experienced that version of it. And then I, like when I was in college, came across a BB, the BBC version of Lord of the Rings, which like I would, you know, burned on an MP3 CD and took with me when <laughs> I went to college in New Orleans. And that was, it was just so much work to find anything like that, to figure out how to get it onto some sort of medium that you could experience and yeah. then 
actually consume it. And now it's just like, wow, there's really, really good stuff being put out and an incredible amount of it available as free podcasts, um, as well as um, really great programming on Audible and other premium platforms worth keeping the subscription <laughs> for, for all that's out there. And yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's been really fun to kind of keep, uh, yeah, to just be part of making that kind of programming too. Absolutely. And we're really excited to join the um, Realm Network. I think that, you know, our audience can know our, our production standards or our intellectual property, all that kind of stuff will stay the same. But I do think Realm will lead to bigger and better opportunities for us. And it's it's just kind of exciting to be a part of a network who shares, while we don't do the same thing as what Realm is kind of invested in originally. Um, I think the idea of what we do is very similar, which is sharing compelling stories um, that that you feel very confident that people want to hear. And so it'll it'll be nice to have a bigger opportunity and platform to share those with people. So as we kind of wrap up with Realm and with you being a creative um, all over the place, uh, <laughs> what is kind of your big picture, your big want? Like when you look into the future of Fred, what is it that you wanted to accomplish with all of this? Well, I mean, I... I honestly realm is such a dream job like i you know frankly yeah like i get to do for my living what i would do for fun and so it's like hard it's like i'm already uh have won the lottery of life on some level um but i, I am yeah and we're making lots of really cool projects for both for realm ourselves and for partners um you know i was on the team who produced the harley quinn and joker uh podcast for spotify which wow. uh was number one for a spell, but I, I love, I love undertow. I mean, that's what I kind of got into this because I wanted to tell stories and it, and it took me a while, a while to find, uh, what I do now for radio drama. Like I started, like, I'll be a writer and it's fine. But then like, I kind of, anyway, so I did, did writing, did went to, you know, went to the, didn't film, didn't film school, but found what I love, really love to do. And now it's just sort of like trying to do more and more and more of that. So yeah, with, with what I'm doing with undertow, I'm working on a underwater, horror thing set off the coast of Maine about a uh, some deep sea divers co diving off the Bay of Fundy, uh, trying to recover a body and finding a inexplicable sea cave with something dark and menacing inside of it. Um, so that one's gonna be really fun because it's lots of like underwater and radios and things going wrong. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I did this amazing werewolf show last fall, which called Blood Forest, which has we have some sort of ideas of sort of like spin-off or you know sequels to that in in the works uh more things in the weird town of simpson falls which just has you know this sort of strange history of uh attracting you know cursed things to it so and i'll do a ghost story thing at some point in time there's this uh i alluded a little bit to this that the blackswoods road and the and the ghost uh, haunting route 182 and it is an area that justice I don't know. It's just one of those things like where, where I, I just scares me and I love to like, drive this particular stretch of road. And I just, as a creative, just want to like try and, you know, create those experiences. Cause like, so to, to wrap it up, my, what, one of my sort of like origin stories as a creator was, was reading a Stephen King book was Cujo. And mm -hmm. again, like I was saying earlier, exposed way too early, probably 10 or 11, maybe. And I remember like looking at that 
the, 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 the book, the paperback book and feeling this sense of like intense dread and anxiety of like what waited for me when I opened it, but then also like not being able to resist and, and just jumping back into it. And so that's, that's kind of like, uh, maybe I'm just, it's just addict behavior. Like I'm trying to, I'm chasing that first high. How do I, how do I have that sort of pure experience of like the dopamine rush of like scaring the pants out of myself and and can I convey that to, to other people? That's, that's what I'm shooting for. No, that's awesome. I, I totally get that as somebody who used to perform live comedy a good bit and sometimes got to do it in front of a couple hundred people that uh chasing that dragon of adrenaline is is one of the the best things you can do as a creative and and now i've kind of learned how to put it in another sphere which is is podcasting and the adrenaline comes in different ways with that yeah, but, yeah. but yeah that's awesome fred why well, i'm so happy that i got to have you on i got to meet you in person i've heard nothing but great things about you i think uh you're living a lot of people's dream i mean it's 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 awesome to be a creative, but it's even harder to pay bills being a creative <laughs> for most people. It's like, this is my side hustle. This is what my parents call my hobby. Like, you know, yeah. um, no, I, I have many years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I, I've enjoyed checking out your work and I can't wait to keep exploring all the things that realm has to offer myself. Um, we, I would love to, I know we've talked about undertow, but where are all the awesome places you would like to direct people to find your content? Yeah. Well, you already talked about realm and that's pretty much everything I've made is with realm now. <laughs> um, so yeah, undertow is kind of like the seed feed. Um, and in, and yeah, just a little bit of what's the, what's cool about realm as a network is it, it you know, you can go to our website. Um, pretty much everything is on the website as well. Uh, if you happen to use uh, uh, Apple devices and you uh, don't mind using the Apple stock app, the, the the functionality around sort of how the network works is pretty clever because it'll do things like you could, if you're like, okay, I'm listening to Real Hauntings and now I want to click, uh, I'll click the Realm logo. Where does it take me? And you can go and see all the other shows and it'll even show you within the Realm network shows that, hey, people who listen to this also listen to this. So it has like the sort of in-app recommendation engine has really gotten great. And yeah, with with like a hundred plus shows, there's really kind of something for everyone. And that's really all that's really all we're we're out to do is to get people to like try out podcasts and listen to more podcasts, integrate them with your life, learn stuff, meet interesting people, go on adventures. Like it's it's just a great, you know, like we're we're doing it for the same reasons that everybody who is you know doing it for passion is is because we like there's lots of other things people could be doing other than making podcasts um and we just we do it because we love it yeah absolutely why why would you do anything else if you yeah. could it's exactly. it's a great uh form of communication entertainment you can learn laugh do all the things get scared, get scared <laughs> you know, go, on, go down into the dark lonely <laughs> yeah. road and never come back it's um it's really a great thing well fred thank you so much for coming on um it's it's been a real pleasure to get to meet you and thanks for kind of helping me explain to our audience where real hauntings is now and what uh we can do in the future awesome welcome to the family with that i'm noah daniels i'm fred greenhalgh <laughs> That's a great woo. <laughs> Every 
every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.